Well, this morning's sermon is New Life in Christ. And what did I write down? I wrote something else down. New, new identity, that was it. I didn't write it on this one. New life and new identity. Turn to 2 Corinthians 5.17. We'll read out of the King James Version first. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Any, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, everything becomes new. In the <clears throat> Message Bible, it says, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We look at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside. And what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, a created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationship with each other. So as we think about this new life, new identity, <laughs> you know, we, I, I know, I, when I was thinking of the concept of new identity, um, often think of the um, protection services, you know, somebody's in a witness protection program and they have to have a new identity. Uh, they ship them to a new part of the country, give them new numbers, new social security numbers, and nobody knows they exist because they are in a protection program. They have a new identity bestowed upon them by the government. Well, Jesus gives us a new identity. And this new life, this new identity is in his regeneration. That we are renewed from the inside out. Renewal or restoration of a body, bodily parts, or biological system. That's the definition of regeneration. Re renewal or restoration okay, restoring us to what we should be before the fall, not before the spring, but before the fall in the Garden of Eden, that before there was a fall, before we had um, become sinful, God regenerates, renews our life, and has us ready, changed from the inside out, and we have a new identity, and this new life is in Christ. It's a new regenerated life for us begins in Christ. So regenerated is enabled by a divine grace, not human effort. So stop being good. <laughs> Start allowing God to empower you to be good. <laughs> I'm trying my best. It's not good enough. We want God to enable us. And enabled by divine grace, not human effort, divinely enabled to change, to have a new life to have a restored life. Amen? Cassie, I need you. Come on down. You are the lucky participant. Come on up here. <laughs> you never know, right? <laughs> you never know what she's going to get into. <laughs> um, I have these I would like you to put on over here. Okay. These are, I, I, I specially measured them for her. So, if you'd like, maybe you have to slip off your, your shoes, and you have to put these on. 
okay? On over, of course. I don't want your foot to get stuck in there because it's so tight. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you whose these are. Those are my brothers. <laughs> That's, they're mine. I'm kidding. They're mine. <laughs> Pastor like, no, you have to button them, please. Okay. When one of them fall down. Step forward. Step forward here. Now, what's wrong with these pants? They don't fit. You know, well, if we pull on them a little bit, you know, they might fit. Do you ever, when we are renewed in Christ, our old nature, we don't fit in that old nature anymore. You don't fit where you used to. God has changed you from the inside out. Regeneration is changed, renewal, and you can't fix these genes by yourself. <laughs> Even if you are genes, genes, genetic, <laughs> the genetic problem with us is we're human, and God designed us to be blessed by him and be his creation, a new creation in Christ. And whenever, would you like to walk, you, can you all see this, or does she need to walk around so you can, you know, you know. she might fall down. Isn't that, isn't that really appropriate? We might fall down in our old genes. <laughs> Hold this up, please. I don't want you to fall down. Okay, so, it's only 40 minutes, the sermon, so, uh. So we find, everybody looks at the clock, 40 minutes. Can we get out of here by noon? Wow, that'd be good. Anyhow, we look at this and we see how that our old nature, you know, whenever we are tempted, our tempting and our testing comes from our old nature that tells us they fit. <laughs> that our old nature says you belong back where you were. You belong where you were that you were saved from. You see, you've been saved from this addiction. <laughs> and it's not weight, it's a nature. And you've been saved from that, and God has created the new life. You can let those go. Kick them off there. There you go. You've been saved from these things. Aren't you glad she's been saved from those things? I have rescued her. <laughs> I have rescued her from the terrible genes. Well, guess what? God has rescued you from the <laughs> terrible blue genes, the terrible genes that don't fit your life. This doesn't fit your life anymore. In Christ, you are a new creation. You are a new creature. And your old life doesn't fit. You have a new life. Looks much better, doesn't it? <laughs> Looks much better. And your new life fits who God created you to be. This is what your fallen nature tries to make you. And it doesn't fit anymore. God has made you new. So we're now going to sing my old new jeans. Your old blue jeans? Thank you. <laughs> so, it doesn't fit anymore. Our nature doesn't fit. The old nature doesn't fit. So, I liken, I like the idea of enabled. Now, we, of, we often have a negative concept of enablers. An enabler is someone, like uh, someone who has an addiction or 
uh, often think of it as a person who excessively drinks, that someone in the house or someone's excessively, or someone's excessively abusive, <laughs> you know, if you're abusive, that's excessive. And someone who is, who is abusive, some, they always talk about how that there can be an enabler. Someone enables that person to continue on in their bad habit. Well, God enables us to continue on in the good things, that God has good things in store for us, for our life, and he wants that good, he wants to enable us for the good to come into our lives. And the good comes by the ability to choose, choose correctly what we are going to do, to make something possible. God enables us to make something possible, to make it possible in a practical, easy way. If you would ask 90, if you ask 100 people, do you think faith in God is practical and easy? How many would raise your hand and say, yes, I believe faith is practical and easy? There's no takers on this. (laughs) Wow. How about God enables me to be practical and easy in my life? The life is not a burden. God is very practical. Our faith is a very practical faith. It, it, it's, it surrounds the nature of God, and it surrounds us. Um, well, I've used this story three times today, so for, for those of you who don't, haven't heard it, this is new. <laughs> for those, the others, here he is telling the same stories again. Years ago, there was a person that I knew. <laughs> uh, she, she, excuse me, that person had fallen and broken her arm. And I asked them, I said, well, what happened? And she said, God pushed me. I goes, oh, okay. You know, I don't, when God knocks you off your feet, he did that to Saul on, you know, on the road of Tarsus and so on. Um, So, you know, I said, okay, if God pushed you, God pushed you. I said, what happened? I was standing there and I fell down. God pushed me. Okay, so we talked and visited for a while. And then I asked, well, what is it you would like for me to pray about? And she says, well, pray that God would heal me. Okay. (laughs) Is there something wrong with this story? What kind of a God do we have? He first knocks me down so that he can heal me, you know? What kind of a God? You know, that is a very impractical God. And a very impractical concept of God. But God is an enabler in the good way. He makes something possible. He makes something possible. He makes something practical that enables us to provide with the means or opportunity to provide with training. God, by his word, is training us to see what our old nature is like. And I won't show you what the new nature is because it just barely fits. But... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the nature, the, the new names, it was beautifully illustrated by Kathy, that uh, it, it, we have this new nature that t- changes us into something that God wants us to be before we were in the fall. So he provides the means, he provides the opportunity, he provides the training that enables his people to live. So we are divinely enabled through the word. God's given us his word. 
He has given us the opportunity to change from the inside out. Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. God is creating, we are asking him to create. Create what? Create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit. What does a clean heart look like? What does a right spirit look like? Hmm. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, long-suffering, right spirit. That's the spirit, that's the characteristic of God. So the characteristic of God becomes part of who we are. God enables us to see it, understand it, and participate in it. Hebrews uh, chapter 8, and it's verses 6 through 13, but I just picked out two of these. It says, God is writing out his plan, carving it on the lining of our hearts. God is writing out his plan. God has a plan for us. God has a purpose for us. And then the next, one of the other verses in that section says, they will get to know me, meaning God, they will get to know me by being kindly forgiven with the slate of their sins forever wiped clean. (laughs) So the, the new life, the new identity that we have in Christ is one that is written upon the tables of our heart and that it is one that is kindly forgiven. The beatings will continue until the attitude changes. (laughs) That's not kindly forgiven. That with forgiven, kindly forgiven is the love of God shed abroad in our hearts, covered over in our hearts to forgive us. So, new life in Christ. God has given us a new identity. And you know what? If someone physically went from this down to the size of our Cassie there, we would walk right by them and not know them, right? So if I went from this to 100 pounds, (laughs) you'd go, wow, I don't even know him anymore. Did you ever wonder... The devil's out looking for the old you. (laughs) He can't find you. (laughs) Why? Because you don't look like that anymore. (laughs) Now, he knows our nature. He knows where we live. He knows our weakness. But just think about this. We don't fall into the same traps we used to because we have a new nature. A new nature that's created in the image of God. And when we are created in the image of God, evil has a way of just like, you can't see, you know, I don't want to see Jesus. You know, I don't want anywhere near him. So when God, when we look like Christ, forgiven, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, long-suffering, when we have a right spirit and we have Christ in our life, the devil sees Christ before he sees us. Can't find him. <laughs> you know, it, can't, it doesn't look like that anymore. You know, did I tell you a joke about the lady? Probably did, but hey, I'm going to tell it again. Anyhow, the lady, lady walked out of the hospital, and she was doing pretty good. She got hit by a bus. Did I tell you this joke? 
oh, good. <laughs> so this lady walks outside of the hospital. You didn't hear me. And then this lady walks out of the hospital. You know, she hits by a bus, and she goes back into her. She's in critical care. She dies and goes to heaven. Shows up at the pearly gates. St. Peter says, there's no Marys in here, is there? Anybody Mary? Nobody. Okay, so Mary shows up at heaven, and uh, St. Peter says, Mary, what are you doing here? You're not due here for another 20 years. Mary goes, really? She says, yeah. So St. Peter sends her back. She comes back to life in the hospital, and there she is. She says, wow, I'm not due to heaven for another 20 years. So before she left the hospital, she had a facelift, tummy tuck, you know, everything, surgery possible, hair done, you know, everything, just a beautiful, turned her hair, and I want to look like this, and had a picture, and they've plastic surgery, everything was done. She walked out of the hospital, hit by a bus. Goes to heaven, she's there before St. Peter, and St. Peter says, well, she says, she, Mary says to St. Peter, I thought you said I had 20 years before I came back. And St. Peter goes, Mary, is that you? <laughs> I know, don't give up my day job. So anyhow, we have new life in Christ. God has given us a new identity. The devil's out looking for the old you. And you have the new you, which is in Christ. And he can't f- find you. You have a new identity. You have a new nature. You have a new outlook. <laughs> you have a new outlook on life. You have a new inlook on life. All things are gone. Behold, What? All things are new. So everybody say, behold. behold. Again, behold. Ready? Behold. Turn to somebody and say that. Behold. It's me. <laughs> behold, it's me. Do you, do you recognize me? Behold, it's me. It's, you know, David, you, you, behold, me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> The new me is great. Behold, look at me. Look, at, look, it's a new me. Well, you see, identity is a personal conception. <laughs> a personal concept. You have a personal concept of you. And um, this concept expresses what your identity is. Okay? Your concept of you is, a, is, is an expression of what you think you look like. That's your identity. Well, anybody have a driver's license? Yeah? Anybody lose their driver's license lately? No, no. I just want to know. Okay. You have a driver's license. What's on your driver's license? A picture, a bad picture, okay? This don't look like me. I'm much prettier than this. (laughs) I'm much handsomer than this, okay? So anyhow, you have this identification card you carry with you, whether it's a a passport or whether it's a uh, driver's license. Well, you have this identity of who you are. And somebody asks, well, you say, they come up to you and say, who are you? Well, I'm David. Prove it. Well, you pull out your identification, your driver's license, and show it to the individual. They look at the card, look at you, look at the card, look at you. And what do they say? Yeah, that's you. (laughs) 
does your concept of you, does your concept of you match God's picture of you? What does God picture you as? When God looks at, he pulls out the file and has Dave McGee's picture in it, and he looks at that and he looks at me. Is it the same person? He goes, Mary, that's not you, is it? (laughs) David, that's not you, is it? See, what does God, we need to look in the mirror of God's word to reflect the image that God has of us, and we need to match this image, not, and try, not try to make this match who I think he is and who I think I should be. I need to look at this, and I need to read it, and the, and the, and the concepts and the scripture things, and being forgiven, and being restored, and, and, and being the person that God wants me to be, I need to look in here and see what I need to look like. I won't ask how many people look at some fancy magazines and see models on there and think, wow, if I could look like that. Whether it's men or women, you know, muscular. I used to look like that, and God said, David, you don't, you're not good like that. You need to be fat and ugly. <laughs> and bald. You know, you don't need to look like that, David. You need more grace in your life. <laughs> not gravy, Grace. <laughs> You need more grace in your life, David. So I'm going to change what you look like. Now, David made that decision. He, he moved away from, he moved too close to the table, and he got that elbow disease. <laughs> Bend at the elbow disease. Well, God wants us to look in the Bible and see what the concept, what he believes us to be, so that whenever we look in the Bible, we see ourselves. Not some distant believable, maybe believable concept of God out there somewhere. We need to look at what God wants us to look like and see the mirror of what that is and see ourselves reflected there. So we want to match God's knowledge of what he knows we can become and what he plans for us for our life, and we need to start following that plan. See, the Bible is your identifying document the bible is our identifying document it is a document which may be used to verify aspects of a person or personality identity personal identity so an identity document identifies verifies the aspects of who we are has your eye color on there what color are your eyes you know has your face, eye color, do you wear glasses? It's on there. So who's in the picture? Who's in the picture of your license? You are. So how do you identify the picture? How do you really know it's you? How do you really know it's you in the picture? How do you know what you look like? Oh, thank you, a mirror. <laughs> It's a trick question. (laughs) How do you know what you look like? You look in the mirror. So I know what I look like by looking in the mirror, and so this reflects. How do we know what we look like to God? (laughs) 
Are we reflecting his image? And, you know, God isn't, what was the first verse we read? I forgot what it said. That the identity that we have, it is a freely given. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then calls us to settle that relationship with each other. So it's reflective in what we do to other people, how we live our life, and... It's a very practical, easy way that God is going to work in our life. And so we look in the mirror of God's word. We look into that mirror, and that's what we are to look like. So, am I a child of God? Am I forgiven? A gentle forgiveness. I'm not going to beat you. Into, we went to see the movie, what is it? Son of God. And uh, it's well worth seeing. It's very, very much very biblical in its concepts and everything that puts, put, portrays. Maybe a couple things are out of place, but hey, for the most part, it's perfect. And we see what God went through, the crucifixion, his death, his resurrection, so that I could be his child. So the DNA of God... What makes God God is now in me. And that's what enables me to lose the old nature, <laughs> to put off the old man. To put away the old man, God enables me to put it away because it doesn't belong to me anymore. It's not what I wear anymore. It doesn't fit who I am anymore. So we need to turn off the old nature, turn on the new nature, and stop trying to be good and allow God, and we need to pray and ask God to give us the strength to be good, to do the right things, to make the right choices, that we choose life. God wants us to choose blessing, to choose forgiveness, to choose love. He wants us to turn off the negativity by turning on the right choices. It's not just a positive expression. It is a belief that God is going to work good in my life. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record, to record this day against you. Okay? God is saying in the scriptures here, heaven and earth is going to take record of this, make record of this, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. God has set before us, now, how intelligent do we need to be that, is this a trick question? God, life and death, blessing and cursing. How many choose life? Okay, what about the rest of you? You choose death? <laughs> how many choose life? Good. How many of you choose blessing instead of cursing? I think I do. <laughs> Is this a trick? No. Blessing, we will choose life, we choose blessing. God says choose life that both you and... This is the real important part. We've been, we've been saying this for weeks and whatever because it's really been impressed upon my life. That God wants us to choose life that both you and your seed, both you and your children may live. God wants us to choose life 
and blessing so that you and those around you will have the effects of it. (laughs) If you had a billion dollars in your pocket, do you think the people around you would be blessed? Would you be willing to share like last week's illustration? (laughs) You know, last week's illustration, we had three given away, whatever. Had to be here. So, you had a billion dollars in your pocket, people around you would be blessed because you would recognize you're not a hoarder, you're a giver. Well, (laughs) the importance of what we do is not just for our own lives. It's for the lives of the people around us. Now, I got this illustration from Joel Osteen. So I didn't want you to think that Pastor really thought this one up. It's what I've been saying. He just does it better, you know? He just did it much better. So I got this. I, I, I um, borrowed this from Joel, his TV show. Okay. Notice that six people of the same family were in prison at the same time. This individual did a research on the family history. It went back to 1720, and his name was Max Juke. And he was a drinker, a roughhousing, and he married a woman of the same character. They had six daughters, 1,200 descendants. And this is a list of the descendants. 310 homeless, 180 alcoholics, 160 drug addicts, 150 criminals, and seven convicted murderers. The same time period, 1703, Jonathan Edwards, famous theologian, married to the same wife, 31 years, of the same nature. They had 11 children, 1,400 descendants, 13 college professors, college presidents, excuse me, 66 professors, 100 attorneys, 85 authors, classic novels, 32 state judges, 66 physicians, 80 served in public office, three governors, three senators, and one vice president. What you choose, what I choose, the choices we make have a definite impact upon our lives and upon those around us. Do we choose life? Do we choose love? Do we choose forgiveness? Do we choose sharing of God's blessing? You see, we look at the driver's license, and sometimes we think, this is us. No, it isn't. When God has forgiven us, we have a new nature. We kind of, this nature still hangs around, and we try to make ourselves fit in this old nature. We try to make ourselves fit in those old places, but we don't fit there anymore. Because God has saved us, he's come into our hearts and our lives, and he makes a difference. And we might try to make this work, but this isn't who we are. We are, in Christ, a new person. We have a new life. Old things are passed away. You can sit here and think, and the devil can remind you, or you can remind yourself of what you were, where you've been, the bad that you've done, and all the things that have gone wrong, and that's not God. That is the enemy trying to remind you 
of what you used to wear, who you used to be. You don't wear this anymore. It doesn't fit. What God has given you is a new nature. He has given you forgiveness, kindly forgiveness. Not something you earn, something he gives. He has loved you before you were even born. He knew you and he loved you. Not because of what you could do, but because of just who you are. He loves you. That's what we see in the book. We mirror what we see in the book. We look at the book and we want to see God's reflection back on us. And that reflection is one of love and forgiveness, understanding, renewal, making right choices, choosing love, choosing forgiveness. Do we make mistakes? Do we still have the old blue jeans? (laughs) Do we still have the old nature? Yes. Sorry to say, this isn't going to go entirely away until we go to heaven. So we're all going to make mistakes, and we're all going to fail, and we're all going to fall down. Cassie, you want to come up, put these on, and fall down? (laughs) Why? Because she doesn't fit in them anymore. She never did. (laughs) Thank goodness. Uh, But she never fit in these. So she would fall over it. You never fit. God's nature never fit the old nature. There was always something missing. So we find that you are here. You are here by choice. Not because of the old nature. Because of the new nature that God wants to keep on bringing up in your life. He wants to change us from the inside out. We're regenerated by the blood of Jesus. We are enabled by God to make good choices, godly choices. God provides the means and the opportunities and the trainings, and, the, and he enables us as we know his word. Divinely enabled. We have a spiritual DNA that is linked to eternity in God. <laughs> you stand here and declare before God Behold, it's me. God, it's me. Behold, it's me. And guess what? He says, yeah, I know you, David. I knew you while you were yet in your mother's womb just being formed. I knew you. And I had a plan for you, and I have a purpose for you. And each one of us, he has a plan, he has a purpose, he has a goal, and we want the nature of God to be our nature. We want God to help us make the right choices to have the right attitude, to stand forgiven in the presence of Almighty God and the presence of all the people that we love and kick the old nature to the altar and surrender it all to Christ. Amen? Let's stand. So where do, what, how do we close? <laughs> how do you close? What's your prayer? What's your prayer? What is, what is it that God wants to bring to the surface here in your life? You make that your prayer. Just for a moment before I pray, close in prayer. You make your prayer to God.
Father, you have heard our prayers. <laughs> I pray your blessing. I pray your strength. I pray the realities of your forgiveness and the greatness of your nature, the long-suffering of your love, the power of your presence, that you, O oh God, who open doors, <laughs> you, Lord, who open our hearts, create a new nature in us. Create a new person. That new person that you have created. Instill your power, instill your blessing that we may go forth to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ in a way that is healing for our lives and healing for the lives around us. For you have a blessing for us and you have a blessing for those we touch. Amen? Turn to somebody and say, Behold, it's me! Come on, come on! Behold, it's me! It's me!